Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of my podcast, Edification and Wellbeing, previously called PEN Health Beyond Fitness. In this podcast, I explore the worlds of health and education from a social, cultural, historical, philosophical, psychological, and scientific perspectives, and how these affect how we see, react, and engage in learning and healthy practices. Edification is the instruction or improvement of a person morally or intellectually. This concept is also synonym with, build, with building up, improvement, and development. Well-being is the state of being comfortable, healthy, or happy, and it is also defined as a good, satisfactory condition of existence. I am your host, Juan Baez, or JB for short. I possess a bachelor's in physical education, a double MBA in global business management and international marketing, and various certifications in exercise and fitness training. I have an insatiable fascination for human health, behavior, and learning. I have been working in the education and health fields for over 16 years, having worked at schools, gyms, fitness studios, physical and occupational therapy clinics, fitness and health-related equipment and product companies, as well as a freelance personal trainer and exercise coach. Over the years, I have worked with students, rehabilitation patients, elders, workers, athletes, of all ages and different sports, along other health, education, business, and other professionals, and with people from all walks of life. Based on my experience, I have come to the conclusion that our education and health are missing something. Join me, and let's explore together these topics as they evolve. Let's go back to the past and learn about their origins. Let's talk about them and see how we can implement old practices and new ideas and methods in order to find more efficient and intuitive ways to learn and live healthy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of this podcast, your favorite podcast, hopefully. Um, edification and well-being. I am your host, Juan Baez, just like you heard in the introduction. Um, and, and this is a podcast about health and well-being and physical education and all of the things that relate and affect these things. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you to all you know all of you that have been listening. Uh, it's been awesome. You know, sometimes it's, uh, I've had uh, more than thirty. Sometimes I've had more than fifty listeners. And uh, as I said before, you know, I think it's exciting because I normally I keep my expectations low. And well, you know, for me, 10 would be a, like a, a good thing, but to go to 30 or 50 or a, a little more, uh, it's an amazing thing. Um, why? Because I think, well, people are listening and whether they like it or not, that's just another story. Um, however, people are listening and that's the idea, right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't just be doing this if at least one person wasn't listening. So, uh, thank you very much. You're awesome. Um, if you've heard before, uh, my, my, my previous episodes and you're listening now, then you are wonderful. If you ha are hearing now or listening now and you haven't heard my previous episodes, you are still awesome. However, go back and listen to my previous episodes. Um, I encourage you to do it and, and, you know, let me know what you think about them. Um, also, another way that um, I, I encourage you to participate, okay? Um, there's different ways to participate of this 
podcast. Uh, and there are some that I can measure and see, some that I cannot. Not that I am doing this for, for business or anything. I do it out of my passion for education and sharing knowledge. However, you know, numbers also give me a little more motivation. So, uh, for example, I know that around 30 to 50, 57, 60 people are, have been listening. So that's good motivation for me. So just keep listening and I'll see that. Uh, hit like if you have the capacity to hit like uh, where you are uh, listening from. Just hit like. Uh, make a comment. Uh, leave a review in, in any of the, the, the sources that are you're listening. I think the most listened uh the most listening medium have been, uh, I think, Apple Podcasts, and then Google is the next one, and Anchor is the the, the other one. So, anyways, leave a review, uh, and I I I, I, w- <laughs> I would like to be um, uh, selfish about this, but I think it wouldn't do justice to you nor me in in in. in in order so that I can improve. So leave a review whether it's good or bad. As long as I, I think I will accept it as long as you're respectful about it. Um, because I'm here to learn and I'm here to, to help other people learn too. So as long as you're respectful about it, leave me a review. Let me know what you think about the podcast. Let me know if I'm wrong in many things. If you are, um, uh, and, and even through email, you will find my email in the description of this episode. Um, and I think like most other episodes, you will find an email there. Uh, and sent me an email. Let me they tell me, hey man, I, I think you were wrong here. I think your podcast is amazing. I think you should uh, dig deeper into these other topics that I think uh, uh, for what you want to do uh, will do you uh, 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 well. I um, perhaps you can recommend uh, someone, or if you are someone that works within the the education and health and science fields, and you want either to correct me and something that I've been doing wrong or saying wrong, or you can perhaps add more information to what I've been uh, sharing um, or, or share something that I haven't shared before that you think is essential for a better edification. And I mean personal edification, building up as a person, educating uh, and physical education uh, and well-being and health and all of, uh, and all of the aspects that, that comprise health. Let me know. Let's set up an appointment. Uh, we can either, well, I'm, I'm, I'm near Orlando, Florida, but we can do any long distance. Uh, I use an, uh, I'm using Anchor to record this, and it allows me to sort of create a conference type call that, in which I can record that and then share it. And I think it'd be awesome to have people to also share their experiences and knowledge and, 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 and so forth. So that's another way to participate, you know? Talk about it. And I think for me, the most important thing, and this is one that I cannot measure at all, at all uh, is to have you talking to your friends, to your family, to your colleagues about these things. Uh, however however uh, uh, challenging you think they might be or however wrong you think they are or however great you think uh, the topics are, um, it, it, uh, I think they are all a great point of conversation. And you can philosophize about this thing. Philosophize. I'm sorry about these things. Just to just to gain a, a, a better perspective of life. Okay, um, especially if you are a, a, like a fitness professional, a physical educator, uh, and, and some someone coach within that field. Um, I, I I think 
you talking about these things with your people is the best way for you to participate of this podcast. Wouldn't that be great? And and and, and you can be even more uh, feel more free on doing it because again, I'm not I'm not hearing anything that you're saying. I'm not reading anything that you're saying. You don't have to feel sort of held back. Talk talk about this. So that's a way, uh, uh, another great way to participate. And then another way to participate is by donations. If you like this podcast and you want to donate, um, you can go to patreon.com slash jbias. I will leave the link at the description also. Um, and the reason I am asking or requesting donations is uh, because I want to access certain researchers that, I, that it costs <laughs> a lot of money. Uh, and well, having some support will allow me to get that research more so I can share it in the podcast and so I can um, share it in the book that I'm writing, a book related to physical education and health uh, uh, from many perspectives. Uh, it's not going to be a, a, a yet another exercise book. Uh, in fact, there's not going to be exercises. It's more... Uh, uh, sharing of philosophies, not just mine, but many others, and researches and methods for people to engage and practice and, th and see these things in, 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 a, in, a, in a different way, I think. I think beyond the way we have been looking at it uh, in these times, you know. Um, but, but we'll talk about that later. And I've talked about that before, so go back to the other podcast and check it out. So yeah, access research and things like that. I want to be able to get to people who either don't want to or might not be able to do a phone uh, recording, being able to be with them and visit their fields. Like if you're a psychologist, visit your, your office perhaps. Of course, you're not going to share anything from your patients, but any information that we can talk about, visit labs, laboratories, um, travel not necessarily out of countries but to visit other people and also if possible visit other cultures that i can sort of study in uh, deeper than i can perhaps study them online um and, and share that with you and again in the book and also i would like to acquire better recording equipment i'm doing this from my laptop and i'm um, doing this from my cell phone and sometimes the quality of the audio is not necessarily the best however Again, without being necessarily the best, people people is listening. So anyways, those are the ways to participate. Uh, and let's go to the episode. Okay, so I, I took a few notes and I, I've been doing some reading and I've been doing some researching. And, well, you know, I think it is an important episode. It means a lot. Well, just like every other episode, but this one means a lot. I think it's it deserves this uh, spot today because I had something else planned for today, but this one sort of won the race. Um, because like I've been saying, these are things that we need to talk about. These are things that we need to think about uh, because without the understanding of the things that affect us negatively, we cannot move forward for a more, I think, human, more intuitive edification, and well-being, okay? And today's episode is titled, What Do We Want? It's a question. What do we want? What do you want? And I, I'm pretty sure all of us have heard that before from someone like, what do you want? Uh, or at least I do it a lot and I ask myself things, what do I want? Uh, and these questions, I, I think, this is the questions that I've been 
uh, asking myself for a while, for many, many years now. And I, I and one that after my last episode of, of Athletes and Mortals, my last episode was uh, titled At- of Athletes and Mortals. Uh, go check it out. Um, this question, after that episode, this question sort of intensified in my mind. Okay, so I decided again to take notes and share with you. Okay, so I'm going to start with a quote from uh, developmental molecular biologist, Dr. John Medina. Um, I have discussed him in a previous podcast episode. Uh, In his book, Brain Rules, uh, he says something that, well, he says, it is the ultimate intellectual flattery to be born with a mind so amazing that brain scientists, and well, tonight I add any psychiatrists, psychologists, neurologists, and whatnot, that brain scientists voluntarily devote their careers to study it. So I'm going to go again. It is the ultimate intellectual flattery to be born with a mind so amazing that brain scientists voluntarily devote their careers to study it. So the question, what do we want, has has to do with our minds. Okay, not I was gonna say what had a lot to do has a lot to do with our mind, but it has to do, I think, uniquely with our minds. Uh, anything that is behavior uh, has to do with our minds. And well, you see that the mind is a very cool thing, um, and I, I think it's a, one of the coolest features of human uh, of a human body. And one of the coolest thing, things to work with, I think one of the hardest, but one of the coolest things to work with in the fields of physical education, whether it is, you know, PE classes at school, and that's the field of physical education. Under the umbrella of physical education, you get, you know, the PE classes at school, physical literacy at school, uh, you know, fitness training, coaching, athletic coaching, even physical occupational rehabilitation, vestibular rehabilitation. Um, learning to write is physical education. It falls under physical uh, falls under physical education. Learning to read, all of these things. Well, this is my 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 theory is this that everything falls under physical education. Reading, breathing, talking. We need to learn certain physical things, and there is always a physical reaction. And we need to sort of train our body or educate our bodies to do certain things physically in order for us to to function in society. And that includes, again, breathing, reading, even thinking. So anyways, I got, um, I got fascinated by the mind, by, by, by how the mind works when I took my first psychology class uh, at, at college. It was, uh, t- uh, the class was called Psychology of Human Development. And the, uh, I took it in the Inter-American University of, of Puerto Rico. And I think perhaps perhaps it's so fascinating because of how mysterious the mind is. And the most, I think within the mind, the most mysterious thing for me is the thought process. Which is my, which in my opinion comprises everything regarding the mind. Um, And I think since that first class... I remember I was very intrigued and I knew I was studying physical education, but I started reading more about psychology too. Um, and I got very fascinated by by that field. And, I've, I've, and so far, and, and to the point, I'm so fascinated by psychology to the point that it, I, I read a lot about it. I don't know everything about it. Perhaps I've, had I studied it in depth, 
And if I do have the opportunity and, and, and the money to do it, I would love to do it, uh, you know, in a more formal way. If not, I'm going to keep doing it anyway in an informal way and by myself. But anyways, within the thought process, uh, I, th I think the concepts of meaning and desire um, intrigue me a lot. Um, you know, what we want, why we want it and whatnot. Uh, because one thing is instinct, okay? And that's where, uh, to my understanding, uh, where Maslow went with his hierarchy of needs. Like, with, these are things that we need instinctively as humans, as a species. We need food, we need water, we need shelter. Uh, we also need uh, uh, to feel safe. We also need to feel uh, uh, valued within the group that we live in and whatnot. Uh, but then Freud came out and said, well, you know, uh, within that, for example, hunger, there is two types of hungers, he would say. He said that one is the, 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 the physiological hunger, right? The one that says, you know, we have to feed ourselves in order to survive. That's, it doesn't matter what we eat as long as we are alive. That's the need for nutrients in the body. And then there was, he would say that there was also desire, right? And... It was this. I think this is a more human thing. I haven't uh, read about any other species, but this is a more human thing in which we have the capacity to desire things to satisfy to satisfy our hunger. We don't just go and eat everything we see in front of us. Sometimes we say, "Hey, I would like to eat a cake. I would like to eat a steak. I would like to eat chicken." But then I would have, I want fried chicken, or I want grilled chicken, or I want smoked chicken, and whatnot. We have that desire, and we have the capacity to satisfy that desire. So. I think, so anyways, that's, I think, that a, a, a fair, not necessarily good, but a fair explanation of, of what I want, where I want to go by saying meaning and desire, or what I mean by saying meaning and desire, you know, what we want and why do we want it. Um, and I give this dilemma a lot of thought, you know, what we mean, the meaning and desire. And I also think about, I, I, I think that about, you know, asking ourselves about these things, asking ourselves individually, not going out, going out and asking someone else, but us sitting down. And I, I, I promote a lot of sensory deprivation for these things, you know, sitting down in a dark room, no music, no cell phone, no nothing. Thinking about these things somewhat, somehow, will help us find a key to understanding ourselves better. And that's one of, one of the things uh, that I, that I want to point out later on with this topic of what do we want. Uh, it seems that lately, as of late, we, we've been looking for many, many things without, you know, in the outside, from other people, from social media, from what whatever it is out there, but we're not sitting with ourselves trying to understand ourselves better, getting to know ourselves, ourselves better. We are some somehow letting external forces define what we are and what we and what we want and why we want it. So but and I think this is important because learning about ourselves as much as we can 
will help us develop uh, develop the capacity to care more about ourselves to and therefore take care of ourselves better. Um, and I, I want to I want to repeat that. And this is a note that I took a note that I took. I think it is important to do that, to sit down with ourselves and ask ourselves, what do we want and why do we want it? And go and dig deep into that meaning. Because learning about ourselves as much as we can will help us develop, develop the capacity to care more about ourselves and therefore take care of ourselves better. See, as individuals, not relying necessarily uh, from outside forces. Um, Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, said in one of his uh, podcast episodes, of uh, the, his podcast, uh, Star Talk, another one that you should go out and listen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him in the description either. Uh, also, sorry. Uh, he says something that helped me, I think, understand a bit more why we are having so many issues with our individual health. Okay. Uh, 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 as, as, as far as what we want, what do we want concerns. He said that clearly, and this is a quote, clearly it is hard to get people to care about something they don't know anything about. Close quotes. I want to repeat that. He said, and this is Neil deGrasse Tyson, he mentioned, he says in his podcast, quote, clearly it is hard to get people to care about something that they don't know anything about. Close quotes. And I think that my dear listener, uh, <laughs> you know, includes our well-being in general. Uh, um, as a physical, as a personal physical educator and as a, you know, fitness coach and it applies to our bodies and minds and whatnot. But again, as a, as a personal physical educator, as a fitness coach, as a as someone who have, and I've mentioned this before, I've worked in, in physical rehabilitation and vestibular therapy for young people to older people. I have worked with students of all ages. I have worked with athletes of all ages from many different disciplines of, of, of athletism or sports. Uh, I've worked with regular people. I or I still work with you know Alzheimer patients and cancer patients and stroke patients and all of these things. And one of the things that I have, that that has been predominant in 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 most of my clients' thought process, I would say, or behavior is the is the lack of knowledge about themselves. When I dig deep and I ask questions about their health and the things they do, they, they, they some most of them get lost in these things. They don't know how to answer these questions. Um, they get frustrated because they think, wow, I knew about myself. But if whenever I ask, have you ever, you know, sit down with yourself and, and, and even as a, as a fun exercise, Ask yourself, why do you do something? Why do you do this? What does it mean to you? Uh, many, most people don't do that. And well, and this is a, a very big issue that that concerns, for example, physical educators and health educators and nutritionists and and coaches and trainers and whatnot, because we need to get to know our clients, you know, far deeper than, than what is being done. And to know a person doesn't necessarily mean to just do a little questionnaire and say, well, I know what you want and that's it. 
there is always something that falls beyond whatever it is that a person answers in a questionnaire. Um, as, as an example, I uh, every client that I have goes through a, 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 a questionnaire in which I sort of challenge their, their, their mentality by asking them, do you understand that, for example, if you are looking for certain specific like goals, let's say weight loss, I like that. I've used it a lot, but weight loss is something very, uh, uh, something that needs to be taught too. Uh, do you understand that you may not reach your goal, but that doesn't mean that this is the end of you trying to reach that goal. And I'm not a weight loss person. I am. Not, I don't promote weight loss at all. I would say 99 or 95 to be fair percent of the time. I'm not. I don't recommend weight loss uh, unless uh, it is a something that I understand that will benefit the person and the results or, or, or the the well being of that person in the future. Uh, um, in a healthy way, but I'm not telling people you gotta lose weight, you gotta lose weight, you gotta lose weight, you gotta lose weight. In fact, that is, I think is is a very stupid thing to to understand or to think that every aspect of health will be fixed with weight loss. It's very ridiculous. Uh, but I challenge that. I, I I challenge that because most people that I consult for my services or even my students when I was uh, a school teacher. Everything was about weight loss. You know, like, is it is not possible that we just think about it as if it's the norm, or as if it's the only way to fix something, or the way to go? Yeah, and I'll talk about that a little more later on. So, anyways, uh, when we get to know ourselves better, then we, of course, care about ourselves better, and we take care of ourselves better. Okay. So anyways, with this question, with such such question, you know, with the, the, the one from the title, what do we want? Also, other questions came to light. Whenever I ask myself that, other questions come to mind. Uh, and one of those questions is, do we live in a paradoxical life? And I was thinking about that paradox of choice that I discussed in uh, one of my episodes uh, of uh, Dr. Uh, Barry Schwartz, The Paradox of Choice, I, I think about these things. And I think this relates to what, I, what, I, what I'm talking about here. What do we want? And I think we live in this paradoxical life because we don't know what we want. Or at least we're, at least we're far, or we have poor notions of what we want. And I, see, I say we because when the majority of a population uh, uh, and I would say mostly in uh, this is the country that I've studied more, the U.S. Um, when a, the majority of a, of a population presents certain characteristics, then I, I tend to generalize. And this is from my point of view. I haven't done an, a, a, you know research of numbers, but having worked for so many years in this environment, the majority of the populations of the people that I have worked with, and that would say up to the thousands of people that I've worked with show those characteristics and again i think we live in a paradoxical life because of that we don't know what we want and we don't know why we want it we just sort of act on impulse and leave everything else by chance we don't think about it i mean and and think about it 
We eat for entertainment and we abuse food. Not that enjoying food is a bad thing and not that we cannot eat as much as we want and not that we cannot make our own choices, but to what point is enough? Is it just enough? To my understanding, it is enough till you're satisfied, till your hunger is satiated. However, whatever it is that you eat, man uh, oh, or women, guys, I was a chef. I, I, I am pro food and I am pro bread. I make my own bread. I make my own beer. Uh, my daughter had her, her birthday a couple days ago. I make the cake. I make all of these things and I eat everything. You can put, I, I've eaten ants. I've eaten, you know, worms, all of these things. And they are quite delicious. I love foie gras. Uh, if you if you put a cheesecake in front of me, a New York style cheesecake in front of me right now, and it would be, and it could weigh five pounds, I will devour it. <laughs> but then I think about these things too. To what point is enough? Should I eat cheesecake to the point that I just satiate my desire for it? I mean... Because when then you look at the numbers, you say, well, I say, well, we eat more. We're eating a lot more, yet we are less nourished. And this is something that happens a lot in more developed and technologically advanced countries, not just in the United States. I, there's other countries that, 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 that fall into that. So we, we uh, and, and I, we are... We're thinking that by eating more and more and more, we're nourishing ourselves, but we're not. Uh, we exercise to look good and not to move better and survive. Heck, we don't even care about moving or eliminating pains. Uh, and the majority, I, a lot of people and a lot of people that I have uh, helped throughout my career, and I still do, uh, they care about these things. And perhaps simply about having more energy, perhaps simply just exercising to be able to have a better even sexual life with your partner. Uh, but we care more about how our asses look and we care more about how many likes our pictures get on social media. And we think that is health. Uh, we want self-realization, yet we do not work toward it, towards it, right? Uh, within the, const the contexts that needs to be worked from. Context is a very important thing. We don't, we work without context. We just exercise for exercising without purpose, uh, uh, eat for eating and, and so on. Uh, we, it, when it comes to exercise, and this is something that I have seen a lot, we disconnect our bodies with exercises that focus on segmentation while expecting for our body to work as a whole. And there is no way to, and this is something that I can talk a little more about because that's my specialty. There is no way that we can completely segment or isolate any part of our bodies. And the more we try to do that, the more we, the more dysfunctional we make it because our bodies work as a whole. Everything connects within our body. And I think the methods of exercising, and I want to talk, and I'm, later on I'm going to uh, post an episode about methods of exercising. The method of, of exercising, which I discussed part of it in my, last, my latest, uh, uh, my last podcast, the Athletes and Mortals, I think you're wrong. I think we're use, utilizing, as, as mere mortals, we're utilizing athletic training models 
of exercise or methods of exercise that do not necessarily apply to our regular social individual life. And I I mentioned it before and I'm going to mention it now again. I don't think that this athletic uh, mentality for regular population is necessarily the healthiest. Okay, But later on, we'll talk about that. Um, we force feed ourselves because of ideas, right? Diets and because, well, you know, ancient people used to eat like this and whatnot. We force feed ourselves, uh, but we don't eat when we're hungry. We, we push hunger to the point of stress that is unnecessary. We call food and exercising our best medicine, yet we stuff ourselves with pills and powders. We need mental strength. We know we need mental strength, yet we and self-control, yet we use more pills, patches, alcohol, drugs, etc. We teach our kids to sit down and shut up and be still while complaining that they don't move anymore or talk anymore. Right? Isn't that crazy? Damn it. Our kids take recess at school from sitting all day, not from moving, because you take a recess when you there is plenty of physical activity and you should sort of sit. No, they take recess from doing nothing. And I would say in primary school, sometimes even nothing, literally nothing. They do a little game, whatever, and the teacher explains a little bit of something. She gets tired and does nothing else. And I, and I am not saying that the, the minds of the kids should be overstuffed with thing, with, with information. But they're taking recess from being sitting all day. That's what I mean. They're taking a recess from being sitting all day. What do they do in the recess? They put in movies. They go sit at the, at, at, you know, at the, at the fields. So you you rest from sitting by sitting. It's it's. But we expect healthier, more functional. We long for knowledge, right? Yet we ignore the very facts that provide it. We cry for information and connection with others, yet we hide behind, screen, behind screens and hide in solitude. We seek constant comfort and avoid changes and hardship, avoiding the very essence of our constant adaptation, ironically bringing more physical, psychological, intellectual, social, and spiritual stress and disorders. So again, we seek constant comfort but we think that we are adapting better and we want to adapt better. And that's what we expect without going through the hardships and the things that we need to go through exercise, for example, which is a great uh, way of of stressing the body to strengthen and adapt and and mobilize better. With the man understanding while running away from explanations, you know, because we might not like them because they are too long, because they are too complicated, because explanations are, uh, per, perhaps our truths that challenge our expectations or and our core beliefs, or because they don't go with the social dogma, uh, or because they're too boring. Uh, and this is something that not necessarily students, uh, but even clients, whenever I try to explain something, uh, or, or whenever I sort of find a way to help them better, and the only way for me to help them better is if they do understand what we're going to do, and they say, no, 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 I don't care about that. I've had people that I'm consulting and they say, no, 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 I don't care about that. I just want to lose weight. But then they ask all the time, why am I not losing weight? 
But when you try to go deeper and, and sit with them and take a little time, they don't want to take the time. It is, again, too boring. It is... Uh, this is not what I've heard in social media. Ironic. This is ironic because they hire a professional to help them with that, but they challenge the professional's uh, experience and knowledge with social media things that they've seen around. Um, so yeah, I mean, we demand explanations sometimes, right? But then we avoid them because they're complex and non-lineal. We want the easy and quick fix to complex lives with complex issues, with non-lineal solutions. Our, mostly everything that, that needs to be fixed in our lives is non-lineal. And somehow we are expecting that in three minutes and with one single thing, everything's gonna be fixed. We transform the environment to our likes and comforts, yet we complain that we are not in sync with nature anymore. It's another crazy thing. Or we call for acceptance. Yes, we criticize differences, we call for acceptance and we don't accept ourselves as we are, whether we are a little fat, whether we're a little skinny, whether we are husky, whether we are black or white or whether we are gay or whether we're not. We sometimes don't accept ourselves, but we are calling for acceptance and everything starts from us, from within. Okay, We want one single thing to fix everything in our lives. Weight loss, as an example. People feel depressed. Well, we'll talk about that later uh, in this episode, by the way, um, in a couple of minutes. We swim in superficiality, okay? We swim in superficiality <laughs> with beautiful bodies, with makeup, with designer clothes, with uh, deceiving social media profiles and posts and perfumes. I went a little uh, uh, political here. Perfumes that masquerade our natural smell while crying for others to see us within, to see who we really are. Isn't that crazy, right? We, we, we disguise ourselves with uh, stories, with, uh, with filters and pictures, with certain angles to take a picture, to look a certain way in social media. And then yet we want others to see who we are. We seek social media, we, uh, we seek in social media what we can only find in books. We see in one person or others what we can only find in ourselves. We want premium services. We have extremely high expectations for things without wanting to pay the price. And the price is not necessarily money, uh, but dedication, patience, understanding, learning, relearning, unlearning, being capable of understanding that we need to learn about our, about ourselves and not waiting for a professional to tell us this is what you have to be this is where you have to go okay uh, i i don't know it's kind of crazy we weight loss for example we know that the idea of weight loss and aesthetics is killing us many reports have been and, and i think with unnecessary stress anxiety depression eating and exercise disorders addictive behavior and even suicide and yet, yet we pursue it in a, in like a drug that we cannot control. And the truth is, this is my opinion as a frustrated psychologist. Um, and if there is a psychologist listening to this, please, uh, either if you agree with me, back me off. If you don't agree with me, please correct me. Uh, but I think the real epidemic issue is not weight. 
but our addiction to lose it. Our constant search or, or, or thinking that we need to lose weight to fix everything is the addiction uh, 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 and it is the epidemic. The addiction to look a certain way so that we can be accepted and validated is, to my understanding, the problem with weight. Weight is not the problem. Because weight, once you start, let's say, exercising or moving more or being more active, your body will regulate its weight to the amount, or to the demands that you are, uh, to whatever you're demanding to it, uh, for it to do. And if you are capable of moving within the environment, and if you are capable of exercising or moving well without calling exercise, or you are capable of having sexual relations with your partner, or you are capable of moving around and you don't have high blood pressure, or you don't have diabetes, and you don't have, it doesn't matter how much you weigh. Okay. So again, my understanding or my belief is that the problem here, the, the epidemic issue is not weight per se. It is our addiction to constantly look to lose it. You know, our addiction to look a certain way is the issue. We look for motivation outside ourselves. When it can only come from within, motivation comes from within all the time. Uh, inspiration can come from everywhere, yet motivation comes from within. So, and we don't look for that. We don't, again, we don't sit with ourselves and say, what moves me? What do I want to do? Why do I really want to exercise? Do I really want to lose weight? Do I really want to look that way? Do people love me the way I am? Or why, why am I pushing this so much for to be accepted? Do I even accept myself? These questions, we need to sit down and ask ourselves that. We want to see the world from a couch. We sit all day watching Netflix, trying to understand life with science fiction. We don't go around, we don't talk to people. We don't, I don't know, I mean, I, I go out, I talk with my neighbor, neighbors all the time. Sometimes I'm like too much and we go to, uh, to, to like parties and things like that or meeting people and my wife is like, hey man, we gotta go, stop talking. But hey, that's the way we see the world. We see the world experiencing it. We don't see the world on Netflix or in Hulu or in whatever it is that we're seeing. Okay, so anyways, I believe that great part of this issue, of this dilemma, is due to our somewhat distorted sense of reality and identity. And are, these are two concepts that are too deep for me to explore right now because it would be a whole day. Um, uh, because of the time factor, I have to explore them later on. Perhaps the next episode will be on that or part of it or part of those. But... Our sense of identity and reality, I think, has been very distorted. And that's that's why we live in this paradox, in this dilemma. And I believe that perhaps in part, or perhaps in its entirety, it is due to, because of us humans having created a society in which we can virtually be whatever we want, however unpractical that could be. Instead of being a resourceful society in which we acknowledge, accept, and, uh, and accept what we have and who we are, our strength, our weaknesses, our position within our, our groups, the groups that we live in and whatnot, and, and use, use these things to the maximum, we say, well, I don't want that. We just kind of change it. Same thing that uh, Barry Schwartz, Schwartz explains in his Paradox of Choice, you know, like, 
We all we it is it's gone it's gone to the point that we don't value things anymore because if if my cell phone breaks, I just go and buy another one. However expensive it is, I just gotta buy another one. So I don't value it. I don't well, this is an exercise that I've done since I've, I've read about the paradox of choice, but I, I've always, I've, I've been asking myself, what does this cell phone means to me? Do I really value this one that I have right now? And yes, indeed. So I take care of it a little more, just like I value myself. So I take care of myself more. I get to learn about myself and I value myself more. So I get to take care of myself a little more. Um, but I think the identity and reality that we, we live in, in which we can do whatever we want, we can be whatever we want, again, however unpractical that is, it's part of the issue. We tell our kids, for example, that they can grow up and be whatever they want when they grow up. And they grow up with that mentality. And again, however unpractical that could be, without considering the limits of their individual existence or helping them understand the limits of their individual existence um, or the limits of their evolutionary features as, 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 as individuals and as a collective. And I've seen the cases of, let's use basketball, for example. I'm not saying that, that like shorter people cannot play basketball, but there is certain features that you need or abilities for you to play basketball efficiently without becoming a frustrated, feeling worthless type of person. And I've seen parents, for example, that the level of physical literacy or the, not necessarily the level, but the kind of physical literacy that their kids have is not for playing basketball. They can be great musicians and they're not worse than any basketball player, but because of the desires of their parents, sometimes they push them to do these sports, football, things like that, baseball. Um, they want him to do powerlifting. But there is certain, depending on the activity, there are certain physical abilities that you need. And we need to accept these things. And I think this creates confusion in our kids. Okay, Perhaps we don't necessarily be whatever we want. Perhaps we need to sit down and get to know ourselves. Perhaps our parents should have sat down with everybody and everyone and say, hey, you should, you should, all right, let's see your strengths and let's see your, your, your weaknesses or the things that you don't necessarily work best at and let's exploit your abilities a, bit, a little more. I've been within the field of sports, I would say most of my life. I play baseball, great. I have played volleyball. I think it was a little better in volleyball. I'm not a good basketball player and I'm a tall person. But the, 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 the kind of physical literacy required for basketball, I don't have it. And I don't have to have it. So if I am a person who accepts who I am, then I know that my strength is not in basketball. So I, and even if I want to be a basketball player, and I, this is just an example. And I think one of the biggest issues that happen is that we, we, we tell them whatever that they can be whatever they want to be. We think that we can be whatever we want to be, even if we fail. And we even uh, seek approval and we even expect participation prices for these things. And to a level 
I think it is it is uh, it could be a dangerous thing. I think that accepting our own abilities and accepting our individual abilities and helping our kids understand their individual abilities will do better. Uh, and and it is not that they don't explore. I think everybody should experience every single sport out there, every single exercise method out there, every single way to eat out there, every single way to travel out there, talk to every single person out there. Uh, but then because of these experiences, we should be able to develop an intuitive way to say, hey, perhaps this is not my sport. You know, I'm not, and I should not expect a participation prize. I mean, I suck at it. And this is me talking about myself. I sucked at basketball and I have to accept that. Even though I wanted to play basketball, I could play with friends. You know, if like there's no rules or anything, yeah, let's just shoot some hoops. But if you, if I went to play competitive back basketball, I, I sucked at it really bad, and I accept it. Even if I wanted, or somehow because of what I saw on TV, I wanted to be a basketball player, I accepted that reality. And accepting our realities, I think, is a great thing, or in a great way for us to sort of start going away from this paradoxical type of life. And, well, because when we we don't accept and when we, I think that thinking and believing that we can really be whatever we want, no matter what, expecting, you know, prices and things like that leads to what Dr. Schwartz says, you know, paralysis and confusion. And we don't get to value things. We don't get to value what I can really be if I can just ignore it later on if I don't want it or if I get a little angry and then just go and be another thing. We don't get to value ourselves. And I, I, I yeah. And for example, and I, I, I bringing it more a, cl a little closer to what I do. Um, we prepare. Professionals, but well, I don't prepare professionals. Um, how, hopefully, I am helping professionals understand things a little deeper from another perspective. Uh, but for example, we have entities and organizations that prepare for professionals with the idea that they will be transforming lives, right? We hear that word a lot in personal training and in diets transforming life. And we have people desperately seeking transformation from others without understanding the implications of the concept of transformation. Uh, for example, we health professionals, and I, I say we because I've, I've been there, unfortunately, I'm not proud of it, but it is a reality. I was there. Uh, we promote, I used to promote transformation and change so much, and we do it so much that since it is out there and we are bombarding the media, bombarding news, bombarding people with, with our methods and whatnot, people automatically assume that that is the way they need in order to be happy, in order to be accepted, in order to be realized. And we do not help them first develop their current capacities and self-acceptance, which is something that I, I'm, I do now, and this is something which is something that I'm trying to do now with people, and it is hard to go and break that that mentality of I need to be transformed, I need to be something different. We are not helping people to accept themselves. And even helping understand that perhaps they don't need that change or transformation. They just need to be better, a better version 
of what they are. In fact, that's what I try to strive and help people understand that. You just need to be a better version of what you are. You don't need to be different. You don't need to transform because transformation means changing from one thing one thing to another. And with, again, that idea of we can be whatever we want, then we can say, well, I don't have to be me now. I can just be another person. Oh, let me open a magazine and see what model or what actor or what influencer I want to be. Right? And I, I, I gave this example, and I'm running out of time, but I'm going to try and go quickly. Uh, I gave this example in, a, uh, I think, one of my first episodes. This lady client that I had, I used to coach her in fitness, and she f- somehow fell in love with the idea that she wanted and needed and had to look like a TV personality. And she even brought me pictures of this person. And it was so much. Her insistence was so much. And I couldn't find another way to explain. This is not you. You cannot be like her. To the point that I had to say, I can't help you anymore. I'm not your coach. I'm not your trainer because I don't help people be someone else. I help people be a better person or a better version of what they are or who they are. But we do it, we do this so much. And and again, I mean, as a, as, as a physical educator and, 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 and fitness professional or health professional, I see this whenever I meet somebody. And as soon as I mention that I am a fit and that I'm working in fitness, I mean, literally, I'm not kidding. I'm not even some, I, I, I could be at a party, at a dinner party or something like that. And I meet people and I shake hands with them and we sort of, you know, uh, uh, I ask them like, hey, what do you do and whatnot? And then they ask me, hey, what do you do? And I say, well, I'm a personal trainer. I'm a physical educator. I'm a fitness coach. And they're like, holy shit, I know I have to lose weight. That is automatic. It is, it is a typical thing. It is automatic. People look at me and say, and, and when they realize that I, I work in fitness, their reaction is that. And the holy shit, I am quoting it. It is not me making it up. This really happens. People say, holy shit, I know I have to lose weight. And this, or I, I, I know I need to tone a little more. Uh, or the question, how can I make this disappear? Uh, as if I was thinking of that. And it, it is already in people's mind. As if that that is what they need. And it is frustrating because sometimes I just want to have a good time and talk to people. But again, I, I tell people what I do. And again, uh, even skinny people I've met. And, and this is something that happens a lot uh, in my experience. I'm not saying in general, but in my experience, mostly with women. Um. Sometimes I've met super beautiful, up to social standards, very hot women that if, I mean, you look at them, you would say you don't need anything else. But the reaction is, holy shit, I know I need to lose weight. I know I need to tone my butt a little more. I know my legs need to be a little more tight. And I say, no, you don't need it. And I've met people who are super I've met people who are the center of attention of a party and they're sometimes fat people and they are very healthy. They are very, uh, have a lot of charisma and their reaction is, holy shit, I need to, I need, I know I need to lose weight. And my reaction to that is, no, you don't. 
look at yourself. And I've told this to people. Look at yourself. You're surrounded. People are waiting for you to say a joke. People are waiting for you to to or to educate them in whatever it is that you do. So what's the case, for example, of a psychologist that I met? That ironically, being a psychologist, the mentality was that. And I said, no, you don't. You are people are here surrounding you because you are the most interesting person in this party. And you're thinking that you need to lose weight. You don't need that. You look beautiful the way you are. And I think we need to understand these things. And, and you know, staying in the weight loss example and the muscle toning example that I've used it many times. However, I, I, I think it is imperative that I stress these examples as much as I can. You see, as it relates to the uncontrollable promotion or as this example relates to the uncontrollable promotion of change, and transformation without considering the current capacity of a person or the value uh, of that person or the current condition of that person, uh, I think th that leads to the very formation of a paradoxical life. Um, and many, for not saying most, my experience has been most, but again, this is from my experience, not necessarily from everyone else's experiences, Professionals, even professionals, automatically say that weight loss is the approach to fix almost every health issue. You got doctors. You go to a doctor, weight loss. In every, people are being judged by weight, not by the actual condition, but judged by weight, and that's a big issue. And that's very dangerous, by the way. You go to doctors, weight loss. You go to the gym, oh yeah, you need to lose weight or toning. Um, uh, you look at magazines. Weight loss or toning, toning, it's every, in every, every, it's everywhere. And again, me included for many years, unfortunately, and again, I'm not proud about it, but it is a reality and I cannot hide it. We promote it so much that the idea, these dangerous ideas of I have to lose weight, I have to lose weight, I have to lose weight, radiates to people, making them think that such is the way to go without again, even Consulting, sometimes even without consulting a, a an honest professional. Now people just self-diagnose and they look at themselves in the mirror. I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm frustrated. I need to lose weight. Again, to the point that people, when people feel sad, when people feel stressed, depressed, uh, experience physical restriction or pain, what is the reaction? I need to lose weight. I need a transformation. I need to change who I am without considering their current value as an individual, the value of their condition, their, 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 their strengths and weaknesses and the strength over these weaknesses. Uh, and this repeats, I think, a measure uh, interminably, unless there is a disrupted, disruptive force that comes into play. And that's sometimes, unfortunately, when an accident happens, all right, people get... Uh, accidents with crazy exercises in search for this uh, weight loss or tonification intoxication happens with pills or even with foods and perhaps education that's where i come in i want to change that i want to change people's mentality of well i need to lose weight constantly you don't weight is a very irrelevant thing and we need to think i'm sorry and we need to 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 address that and i want to keep doing that and i'm going to keep doing that throughout this podcast and i am going to also mention it on my book uh, although the book goes more from an educational approach, well, it, it'll be there. 
But anyways, the general uh, or the main idea here is that what do we want? And that I that I to my understanding we're living in a paradox in a paradox or a paradoxical life. And the way for us to to at least start or begin sliding away from that paradoxical life is for us to get to know each other, right? uh, ourselves as individuals better, to sit with ourselves and think and philosophize of, our, of our, our individuality, of our existence, about our lives, about who we are and whatnot, so that we can come to, better, to a better, uh, a more intuitive way of living, I would say. But if we keep looking for these things in the outside, and, and this is somehow it may sounds like I'm throwing myself under the train, you know, because then some people will say might say may, maybe I don't need a trainer then or a physical educator, and perhaps you don't. But then, should the confusion comes out, by all means, let me know, and I want to help because that's the idea. I never got into this field expecting for my students or my clients uh, spent the rest of their life with me. This is not a marriage. This is just me helping people. So, and, and that's the idea. Unfortunately, many other professionals do that. They, they confuse their clients deliberately to keep them with them. Um, so, to close quickly, again, I want to close with this quote from Neil, Neil deGrasse Tyson that I said. Clearly, it is hard to help people care about something that they don't know anything about. So, sit down with yourself. Get to know yourself better. Ask yourself and make a list, whether it is a mental list or even a, a physical list of the things you want and why do you want it? What does it mean to you? Again, if you want to lose weight, if you really think or believe that you want to lose weight, why? What does it really mean to you? Will that really give you happiness? Because I've, mean, I've seen many people who've lost weight and they're still depressed and sad. So that's not necessarily the approach. Think about these things. Ask yourself about these things. Reach out a, an honest professional. Reach out, reach out uh, um, prof professionals and come to a better conclusion. All right? That's it, guys. Thank you for listening. Have an awesome day. Remember, participate. <laughs> All right. So um, I just kind of rushed it a, a little bit there. So anyways, that was it for today's episode. I just ran out of time. Uh, recording time. I, the, the, the app that I'm using allows only for 60 minutes and I was going over that. So anyways, I added this section to say uh, thank you for listening. Um, take the time to sit with yourself and, and think about the things that I've been talking about and think about yourself and think about your reality and your, and your uh, um, I'd say your reality and your identity and and yeah, I mean, get to know yourself better. Again, I promote a lot of sensory deprivation. I do it a lot myself by, uh, I, I sit in my restroom, literally I sit in my bathroom. Um, I perhaps sometimes like fill out the, the, the top and just sit there and turn every light off, not even candles. I just turn everything off and let my my senses sort of come into sync and I get to think about my uh, these things. So, I, and I recommend it. Uh, take your time to get to know each other because when you know yourself, then you care about yourself and then you take care of yourself better. All right? Uh, uh, again, uh, thank you for listening. Participate. Remember, send me emails. I, it is going to be in the description. 
uh, if you are a pro in any field of science, education, or whatnot, let's let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong in many things, or, or back me up if I'm right. Uh, and just provide more information, or if you have something else to share with, um, share this with your friends and family. Talk about these things with your friends and family. Hit like. Leave me a review. That would mean a lot. And if you would like to remember, go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash jbias and donate. Uh, you can donate for as, you know, as low as $1 a month. Uh, and that'll be a great help. All right. Have a great day. I am heading for vacation this week. Tomorrow I'm going to Puerto Rico. Visit my family and have really good food. Um, I, I, I'll be thinking about what I want to say in my next episode or share in my next episode, but perhaps, I, I'm not guaranteeing if there's going to be an episode, uh, if I'll be on vacation or, or perhaps something shorter. But anyways, expect something else from me. Yeah, yeah, expect something else from me next week. Uh, and again, have a great day, guys. Thank you for listening. You're awesome. Talk to you later.